When you buy a new house, you might say, Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. <laughs> no one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, let me, let me talk about talk. Steady living life as a gringo. Where you question, where you fit, and every time you mingle, they say you do this with not enough that. My rapping is really bad. <laughs> this life as a gringo. Yes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life as a Gringo. I am Dramos, of course. And man, I know I say this for every single episode, it feels like, but I am genuinely excited to bring you today's show, today's guest. I have. Man, heard so much about this woman and the work that she does with her her company, We All Grow Latina. And selfishly, I have to say, the conversation that we're we're kind of focusing around today is something that I've been kind of struggling with and and working through, and um, even something that I have kind of come out on the other side of. And and I want to reiterate its importance. And we're talking about authenticity, right? Showing up authentically in your life, which is something I've been working very hard at over, I don't know, I'd say like the last three years or so for sure. And and I've kind of come out on the other side of that, but also the idea of limiting beliefs. And I feel like I've talked about this so much, but it's, it's one of those things that I think you can never sort of talk enough about. And it should always kind of be top of mind because I think we all inadvertently will go into old programming and old doubts and you know the the what the naysayers have said growing up be it our parents our friends and it'll affect the decisions that we make even those of us who are you know what, what one would consider to be high achievers I think even for myself you know I am someone who I I feel like I've made things that seemed impossible possible but even with that I kind of had to come to the terms of the fact recently that I've kind of created a very low ceiling for myself over the last year or so, you know, and I've allowed those limiting beliefs to kind of creep up again and determine how big I decide to go when it comes to my goals. And it's something I've been, you know, kind of fighting through and pushing through um, the last month or so in, in therapy and just 
you know, doing the affirmations and mindset work and meditation and all that kind of stuff. So I was really excited to, to get to talk to Vanessa, you know, for today's show um, and, and kind of pick her brain a little bit about how she pushes past those limiting beliefs, because this is something that she really is passionate about talking about. And she has an incredible story to to share that I think will be really inspiring for, for all of you listening. So without further ado, um, I think let's just kind of dive into the the interview today with uh, Vanessa Santos. Uh, I'll get into what she does and, and who she is and, and what We All Grow Latina is. But uh, in short, it's just this incredible community that's been built of uh, of women who are trying to inspire one another, be better and, and you know, work together in, in different capacities and be able to provide um, help along the way, you know, um, which has just been amazing. It's something that I hope uh, I can kind of replicate in my own way as far as the community of people who are, are there for one another. So beautiful, beautiful stuff. I'm, I'm excited to bring you this conversation. So let's just uh, let's get into it for our Mi Gente segment. Mi Gente. My guest today is the co-CEO and partner at We All Grow Latina, which is just this amazing, incredible community that has been growing and growing. It's been, uh, man, it's been amazing to watch it. I feel like I've, I discovered it a few years ago and I've just been seeing it grow and grow. So it's incredible. I'm excited to, to talk to this woman today. Vanessa Santos, how you feeling? I'm good. Como estas? Como estamos? I'm good. I'm chilling. Good, Happy good. Oh, I'm excited to, to have you here. And we we're talking off mic. I've heard so many good things about you and the work that you're doing. And uh, one of those things that I kind of just want to dive into because we were talking about it is mindset, right? Like you were mentioning, you know, uh, some days you just have those days you wake up and it's just like you get hit left and right with things and you have to make the choice on whether or not it's going to dictate how the rest of your day goes. So um I want to just touch on that real quick. I mean, let's talk about about that that mindset work and and taking control, I guess you could say over over your life. Yeah, I this morning was one of those mornings where the little things could easily annoy you yeah. and I had to start to get into my head and I mm. realized when you're in your head, you're not in the right place. Mm. I don't know if you've heard this thing on don't believe everything you think. Yes. I follow my life on what I feel. And when I neglect what I feel, that's basically where your soul goes to hide from your heart. It goes to your head. And so mm. when I'm in my head, yeah. that's when I know that something is is off. And this morning is just a little bit of a few things that weren't going to my liking. Mm -hmm. And then I realized, why am I going to get annoyed over things that I cannot control? Mm. And if I'm going to live my life that way, then I'm allowing things that I can control to dictate my energy, to dictate where I go. And that really has a ripple effect on your life, on your days, on your well-being, on how you interact with others, on the energy that you give off, mm. because energy snitches all day long. <laughs> and if you really want to be in a state of peace and harmony and well-being in with yourself, sure. then that will radiate outward. So I had to have a, a quick conversation with myself in the Uber <laughs> because I'm in LA this week and yeah. traffic is traffic and you can't control that. Yeah. And it is what it is. And I just use the time differently to coach myself and say, you know what, Vanessa, you are blessed. Life is great. You are doing the things that you love. You have the opportunity to meet great people. Mm -hmm. And traffic is giving you an opportunity to catch up on things that really matter to you. So I listened to a podcast episode mm -hmm. and then I listened to this beautiful meditative mantra by Janae Ayoko, who I'm obsessed with. <laughs> it, flipped, it flipped my my whole energy around. Yeah, I see. I I love this type of conversation, particularly coming from a person like yourself who 
has made it their life's work to coach others on developing a mindset, but also acknowledging the fact that even if you've done all the work, you still have to remind yourself of it each and every day. And I think it's like easy at times for those of us who have done a lot of work to beat ourselves up when we do have a bad day, when we do have those negative thoughts and we're kind of having this internal struggle. And what I always try and you know, push out there because I feel like it, it's not a message that's common in the wellness space is that like it's this never, oh, you know, going to be completely fixed. You're always going to have to keep working at it. It's right. an ongoing process. And and that's OK. Give yourself the grace. No matter how much work you've done, you're still going to have to have that conversation with yourself. Man, if you're fixed, you're dead. No. Right. <laughs> that's a, great a sign way to put of it. life. A sign of life is that you're still feeling is that yeah. you're still going through things that you're still learning and acknowledging that there's still work to be done. And that's mm. the whole purpose of life. Yeah. Life is an ever ongoing work. And I think the folks that are like, oh, I'm so healed. And mm. sure, then yeah. that means you're not feeling new things. You're not experiencing new things. Mm. And that's the whole purpose of life is yeah. to continue to put yourself in situations that are expanding you, that are allowing you to grow. Mm. And even with the most healed people, the ones that do the work, right? You and I are really into the well-being and really wanting to focus on ourselves because we know that that is an indicator on the world that we see and what we project outward. Yeah. But we're also going to have days that don't feel so great. Yeah. But then that's the, that's where the tools kick in. That's where the work that you've done on yourself, you can actually acknowledge it. And the fact that you're acknowledging it is a really good indicator that you are evolving, mm. um, I'll say like, a, as they say. But at the end of the day, we are going to experience the lows because you don't know what's a high if you don't have a low. Yeah, I, that's a, I, I couldn't have put it better, better than that, I think. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of it, you know, we have to also realize is like, there's so much deep programming that has happened since we were kids. Right. And, and so many like, loops oh, we're getting deep happened. now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I, I love talking about this stuff because it's so fascinating to me, like how all of it just like tax on to the person you are today as an adult. And, if you don't do the work, you're just reliving the same shit over and over again yes, in just different ways. Yeah. Yeah. You're hundred percent in a loop. We mm -hmm. are our parents' fears and traumas. We mm. become society's indication of what they expect us to be. Mm. And between the ages of five to nine is what they call your formative years. Mm. That's actually when the world is imprinted on you. And then after that age, you start doing things based on the expectations and desires of others, and you mm. start to ignore your own. And then as that get older, me as a recovering people pleaser, mm. I was a recovering people pleaser because I dishonored myself because I was so concerned about what people thought. Mm -hmm. But if I honored myself and truly loved myself, then I really wouldn't care what other folks thought, believed and felt. Yeah. But I was trying to make it. I was trying to succeed. And so I subscribed to the hustle and grind mentality. Mm -hmm. I subscribe to the fact that I'm the one that has to get everybody out the hood mm -hmm. I'm from Washington Heights in the Bronx. Mm -hmm. So I thought that I needed to bring everyone along with me. I was the one that was trying to be the good daughter, the good partner, the good friend, the good, the good everything that I became good to everybody else and became something to everyone and then became no one to myself mm. and get lost along the way. And those childhood traumas are so inherently deep that doing work on your inner child and acknowledging that sometimes our inner child probably didn't get parented the way that we should have. Mm -hmm. So you need to parent yourself and just give yourself a lot of grace. We are so gracious to so many folks. We pour into people. We make sure that our iPhone is charged, mm -hmm. but like we neglect ourselves, which is, which is the, the conduit, the being that's creating what's being created in this world. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that example of, of like with the iPhone and all these like 
really, you know, necessary, but unnecessary in terms of the bigger <laughs> picture of things, right? Right. And, and we're cognitively aware of all of that. But like when it comes to ourselves, we are just fumbling and bumbling through our days and wondering why things aren't panning out the way we hoped or why we don't feel as good as we, we feel like we should, yeah. you know? Um, and I'm, I'm curious for you on like your, your journey, do you have like that turning point where you just kind of woke up and you're like, shit, this whole people pleasing thing is not like, it's, it's not the, the, the vibe for me right now. This is not getting me the results I want in life. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. So there's, there, there were a few, I would say one of the most pivotal was, um, getting married mm. and realizing that I had no business being married and I didn't actually want to be married. I didn't understand what love was mm. and because I was so desperately wanting to feel love because yeah. I didn't have it with myself and I sought it elsewhere. I thought that maybe that would make me happy and make me whole. And it really made me sad because I dishonored myself. And even though I did bring it up to friends and family that I don't think I want to get married, I don't think I love this person the way that people describe love. Mm -hmm. I don't feel that that's it. I went ahead anyway because I didn't want to make him sad. I didn't mm -hmm. want to break his heart. Mm -hmm. So I went ahead and married a whole ass human, <laughs> made them happy, yeah. completely ignoring my needs. But then again, I was following my parents' patterns. I was following my mother's patterns. I was following parents, you know, as a first generation Latina. The way that we are raised really does, it's, it's, it's like imprinted in our DNA. And so we have to do a lot of work to excavate that and yeah. kind of rewire ourselves, our rewire our programming. It's, um, you know, we're born with a very clean hard drive and then the world starts inputting information and then you have tons of folders and it's up to you to clean that up and organize it mm -hmm. and understand what belongs to you and what doesn't. And that was a really big turning point for understanding that. I need to understand why it is that I'm seeking love outside of myself because we truly are all the love that we need, but we won't really attract the kind of love we deserve or the kind of love that is meant to teach us the lessons that we're meant to learn mm -hmm. if we're looking at, at it externally. And then the second pivotal point was in my corporate career, I ascended to the traditional heights of what it makes LinkedIn look good. And mm -hmm. then I thought, why am I working so hard to make my LinkedIn look good? Like LinkedIn doesn't give a F about mm -hmm. my life. I'm not paying my bills. Mm -hmm. And I'm here running myself ragged on this hamster wheel, trying to get the next title, the next salary. And then I recognize that I'm much more than my title and my salary. I, I need to do something better for myself. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to be indicative of what my LinkedIn profile looks like. And if I decided to focus on what made me happy. It meant leaving corporate America. It meant going into entrepreneurship. It meant going into service for myself and being selfish so that I can then be of service to others and be of service to the community and the collective yeah. and then help create social and economic power for Latinas and Latinos. And mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. But I was still stuck reporting to somebody else, trying to live up to somebody else's expectations as opposed to honoring what was most important for me. So those I would say are my, were my two like, oh shit, I really need to get together because I'm out here living my life so that it looks good for everyone and everyone else is happy, but I was miserable inside. Yet you're, you're like, my head is exploding right now because uh, you're just like, you're hitting on two incredibly difficult situations that people would come to a crossroad and just not do it, react to it because everybody in their corner is probably telling them you're crazy if you give up that great job. You're crazy to get a divorce from this great person, right? So like what... Well, where was the mindset? Like, how the fuck did you get the strength in both of those situations? And what were the conversations? What were the resources that like helped you get over that and say like, no, like I understand this is going to be 
life-changing and starting over in a lot of different ways, but I have to do this for myself. And it's okay that this didn't pan out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. So I recognize in doing inner child work because as a child, when you are caring for others, your needs aren't necessarily always met depending on the traumas that your parents are projecting onto you. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know, in my situation, my mother was 19 when she had me. My father was in his early 20s. They both just immigrated. My father's from Dominican Republic. My mother's from Ecuador. And they were young. They didn't know what they were doing. They were new to this country. Yeah. And they had their own traumas. And here I come, a brand new baby. They don't know what to do with that because mm -hmm. they are going to just project onto me what they absorbed and learned from their parents. Mm -hmm. And I was raised um, in an environment where I was raised by the community. You know, they were trying to hustle and make it. And so that started imprinting on hustling and make it. Mm -hmm. And then I saw how my mother and my parents sacrificed a lot. And then you hear the, they sacrificed for you. They sacrificed to get this done for you. And so then I equated self-sacrifice with success. I equated mm -hmm. self-sacrifice with love, meaning I have to sacrifice myself so that I can get these things. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I... So this is going to sound so random, but I was listening to the Adele album. I believe it was 25 and the track was called Love in the Dark. Mm. And I just heard that song and I was like, oh my God, I'm loving somebody in the dark. Meaning that behind closed doors, I'm giving him everything he could potentially want and it makes him happy. But when I'm alone in the dark with my thoughts, I'm not congruent with my thoughts. Like mm. my heart and my thoughts are like at, at a crossroads. Mm. And I just felt that there had to be a better way to live life. There's just no way that I can coexist with all the thoughts that are in my head when I lay down at night. And I was like, am I the only one that has this voice in my head that is like, what the fuck is going on here? You don't love him. Why are you doing this? He deserves to be with somebody that loves him because he was an incredible human being. He mm. truly deserved that. And I was scared as well. I was afraid of maybe no one is going to love me. Maybe I'm not going to find that one. And, and again, that is all marketing, right? We are conditioned as children to be consumers. We're not conditioned to be free, independent thinkers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that be begins to transform how you look at yourself and the engage in the relationships that you engage in. So mm -hmm. listening to that Adele song, Love in the Dark, even though it was beyond random, was like, oh, I need to get out of this marriage. This mm -hmm. is just not for me. And it was a really difficult conversation to have, especially when everyone else around you, as you said, was like, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. He works on the ground you walk on. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to leave him? You're going to be alone. And I'm like, the fuck? I'm am I allowed to curse here by the way? Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm from New York. This is what we do. Oh yeah. We're good. Okay. Perfect. Um, I really just like thought, oh my God, that makes sense to you to stay in a marriage. And I was thinking about that with my mother, and I've had a lot of healing and honest conversations with my mom mm. because you did that. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I need to. Mm -hmm. And walking away is really difficult, especially walking away from someone who is still in love with you, who truly loved you, but you just knew that they were not for you. And they were maybe there to help you get to where you needed to be, but they're not those people that need to be in your life to get you to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And that applies to everything, personal life, relationships, businesses, friendships, et cetera. Be comfortable with the idea that everything is impermanent mm -hmm. because what we attach, attach ourselves to permanence and thinking everything lasts forever. Oof, you're going to just enter yourself into a really difficult environment when things don't work out the way that you want it. So that conversation with leaving him was really hard mm. and painful, but it was how I knew how to finally get my power back. It was the only way that I thought I need to do something different. If I'm going to be a legacy creator, then I have to be the pattern breaker. And mm. the only way I'm going to do that is to do something that feels really uncomfortable because I always did the things that feel safe. Sure. I left that marriage and it was really hard and difficult. Everyone around me thought that I was crazy. Mm. 
And I just had to honor myself in that way. So then I moved into the relate the the career things. Mm. That was another hard one. The the career was interesting because if you don't acknowledge yourself, the universe will do it for you. Mm. If you don't give your body what it needs, the body will give you signals. Mm. And I was in my the height of my corporate career and I happened to completely pass out in a parking lot. I fainted from a severe amount of stress, anxiety, panic attacks, migraines. Mm. And I almost got ran over by a car because I fainted in the middle of the parking lot. Mm. And the only reason why the man stopped is because he saw my shiny shoes. <laughs> like, oh, these are shiny shoes. Otherwise, he would have ran over my legs. And mm. he got out and I woke up confused. Mm. And that's when I realized, okay, I'm sacrificing my body, my well-being for the sake of performing at work, mm. for the sake of getting that title when at the end of the day, whether I'm there or not, that company's still going to exist. Right. The world is still going to turn. Mm. Those people are not going to care. And when my therapist, so I started therapy because I figured out I can't handle, I can't solve all my own problems and that's okay. We should never be ashamed for seeking at seeking help. Sure. This mentality of we got to do it all ourselves, again, is something that's ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. And I sought help and my therapist said, I'm going to have to pull you out. You are functioning depressed. You are uh, a functioning overachiever with high anxiety. And I was on a medically approved mental health leave. And during that mental health leave of finally giving to myself and not caring about the fact that I didn't have to perform anymore Mm. was a very big eye-awakening experience. And so I decided to quit my corporate job, quit my six-figure salary, the benefits, all those things. Again, with everybody else telling me, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You're going to leave this stable job, this security for entrepreneurship. I'm like, when you think about it, nothing is really secure. Because you're still depending on somebody else to pay your bills. I want to be fully responsible for myself. And that means I need to go left when everyone else is going right. Mm -hmm. So for my divorce, it was Adele. And for my job, my body is so intuitive and so smart. It did it for me. And it really forced me to pull me out of the game so that I can wake up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you just hit on on so many incredible, incredible things here. Um, I think one thing that never ceases to amaze me is just how wrong society has gotten with like is with the norms <laughs> that it has right like all the shit that it tells us like if the majority of it feels so fucking counter uh you know counterintuitive yeah it, it's it's just crazy to me and it's like you said that we're, we just keep like society is set up to make followers right it's not set up to, to make leaders at the end of the day Man, we are are getting into it, and I'm loving every bit of it. I'm thinking now is a good time to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, we are back. Now let's hop back into this conversation with uh, Vanessa. So it's it's interesting for you then jumping ship into this uh, entrepreneurial space, right? And and going out on your own from the corporate structure. And this is something that I've I've struggled with. I, I just finished up like my first year of complete, uh, you know, like financial independence, working for myself. And congratulations, thank you. But what I what I've noticed is. The limiting beliefs that didn't exist when I was under the machine of, of you know, uh, a big company are now creeping up in my independence where I always wanted to work for myself. I knew I can't work for anybody else, but it was far easier to strive for big goals when I had that kind of guidance of the corporate ladder to go up. Right. I knew what the next step was going to be. I, I felt secure in being able to achieve that. And now that it's kind of like wherever and I'm having to really carve out this path. I find myself dumbing myself down a little bit with some of my goals. So I, I, I want to touch on that a little bit selfishly, but I'm, I'm sure to a degree it's something that you can relate to as well, stepping out of that corporate structure and then just going into the Wild West, essentially. Okay, I have thoughts about this and thank you for sharing that so vulnerably. I really mm. appreciate it because I, I speak on this a lot. I would say the first thing is, have we ever considered the fact that these corporate structures were put in place just to control us? And because we become so indoctrinated and used to it mm. that we then forget about the fact that we are more than capable. I mean, we got ourselves this far. Mm. We are still alive. We are going to be okay. Yeah. We don't need to know all the answers to succeed. We don't need to have the perfect structure. We don't need to have the perfect company. We don't need to have the perfect logo, the perfect anything to be successful. And I think, especially with social media, especially with, um, the systemic biases that exist in this country, especially in this world, it really makes us feel like we're never enough. Yeah. And so to counter to be the counterintuitive to never enough, we self-sabotage because then it gives us a false sense of control. And so we try to control situations and we put ourselves in really small situations. Mm -hmm. And what I always tell folks is you can't dream big, but then try to force small things to work. Mm. The only way you allow yourself for big and to open is to be comfortable with making mistakes to be comfortable with not knowing all the answers and to be comfortable with just working from a place of how does this feel? Mm. So from a business perspective, my partner and I, we have conversations on how does this feel to us? How does this team structure feel to us? Mm. How does having this kind of payroll feel to us, this mm. kind of incorporation? How does it feel to us? Not what society thinks, not what the traditional business structures believe is going to be successful. It's, I'm the one pouring my time and energy into this every mm. single day. So what does it feel like for me? Yeah. What does it feel like to have these kinds of teams? What does it feel like to have this partnership dynamic where my partner and I split all the responsibilities, split the ownerships, mm. split the investments, split it all? Yeah. 
It's about having honest conversations on governance. These are the things that you're responsible for. These are the things I'm responsible for. And then opening yourself up for this gray area Mm. of we're not going to know everything and we're going to figure it out. And if we don't figure it out and we have a a failure, that's a lesson we needed to learn. Otherwise, Mm. we we don't know what we don't know. And unfortunately, school does not teach you half of the fucking things that you need to know to be a successful human. And it also really matters how you feel and what you feel success is. Mm. For me, success no longer has to do with the number in my bank account because there was a point in my 20s where I was wealthy. Mm. Wealthy where I covered vacations, wealthy where my net worth was over a million dollars. And by the time I was 30, I was broke Mm. because I did not know what to do with money. Now I have a thriving multi-million dollar business, but I'm one of the least paid on the entire company payroll because I get to employ other folks. I get to create abundance for other people of colors in our community. I get to create really incredible campaigns through our platform. And that for me is success because that is much bigger than a fucking number in my bank account. As long as I have strategic and more, and I've learned these lessons on financial budgeting mm-hmm. and not to overspend. Again, we're taught to be consumers. Mm-hmm. Now I realize I don't need to have all these things so it can look good for other people. I, I'm at a point in my life where I don't give a fuck what yeah. people think. I, I dress for myself. I create for myself. And if it feels good, then I'm on the right path. If something doesn't feel right, then that means that I'm using my head too much trying mm-hmm. to equal or create what the definition of success is as opposed to feeling and figuring out what it is that was my divine purpose. I love that, that mindset, A, of, of, um, setting up like what success means to you. And this is something I always talk about is like, it's a personal thing. I can't tell somebody what success is at the end of the day. And the fact that like society tries to give us this one size fits all is part of the problem. Right. And I, I guess I think what I'm, what I'm sort of also kind of curious uh, about at the end of the day is like for you what was the conversation where you began to say this would be enough for me and was that number or that lifestyle uh, in contrast to your previous one like were you okay with it being less or or was the idea uh, always to kind of do more but then on your own yeah so i knew that i wanted to definitely do a lot, lot more, but I began to be really comfortable with living the way that most people won't so that one day I can live the way most people can't. Mm. And living the way that most people won't means living below my means, mm-hmm. living. I don't need to have this fancy high rise condo apartment, which I used to have. And I was spending an exorbitant amount of money just to live. And I wasn't experiencing life. I wasn't mm-hmm. experiencing adventures. I wasn't having uh, lessons. I had a lot of financial lessons because again, I was still trying to remove the conditioning of that, that I learned from my parents and there was no money skills that came from there, zero money skills from yeah. high school and college. Absolutely Same. not. Yep. We, we are constantly being marketed to 24 seven so that we have this false belief on what success is. So for me, financial freedom and success felt like being able to use my time as I, as I wished, mm-hmm. being able to wake up every day and not know what's going to happen. And I think that's also the reason why sometimes so many folks struggle with anxiety and stress and panic is that they know exactly how their day is going to go. Mm. And so they're already stressed out about it and the day hasn't even happened. Sure. Me, on the other hand, I realized that I can always make money. Money is abundant. Money is a tool. Money is available everywhere. So if I don't have it, I can go out and make it. Mm-hmm. But that is not going to be my driver of happiness and success. Mm-hmm. I am living humbly in Nashville in a one-bedroom apartment. And I speak about this so happily 
because there's nothing to be ashamed about because mm. I'm building a business. I'm creating ripples of impact across this country. And I cannot do that if I'm focusing my energies on making sure that I have to pay the bills because I'm living above my means. Mm -hmm. I'd rather live super lean, right? The way most people won't. I don't need to have the next new pair of sneakers. I don't need to, I, I really don't care for those things mm -hmm. because when you are truly happy with the thoughts in your head, when you're truly happy with how you feel about yourself, none of that shit really matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I've even donated half of my wardrobe. I sold the other half because when I lived in New York City and worked in fashion, I felt like I needed all these designer things. And it's mm -hmm. like, so I had a closet full of stuff and none of it was accruing any value. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you get a brand new car, you drive it off the lot, it completely depreciates in sure. value. Um, and so I just I needed to be more, much more strategic on what things felt for me and what my future life looked like. And in order to get there, I just mm -hmm. needed to be a little bit more strategic with how I live today mm -hmm. so that I can get there. Um, and it's, I would say it's an everyday, not struggle. It's an everyday opportunity for me to check myself because I am often invited to beautiful dinners, to beautiful events where you have these beautiful humans dressed to the nines. Mm -hmm. And I just show up as me. And I realized that no one has ever judged me for the fact that if I'm not wearing designer head to toe, no one has ever judged me for what the number is or isn't in my bank account. It, I don't get judged for that. I get judged for who I am and my personality and my energy, right? You remember how people make you feel. Sure. I remember the shit that people tell you because yeah. people talk a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people speak because they don't know how to sit with silence because it makes them uncomfortable because then they have to listen what the fuck is going on here. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just thought of what is the leanest way that I can live? And I have a modest apartment and my apartment comes with a gym. So I don't have to pay for a gym membership. I still have my lease. I don't believe in financing. I just lease because every three years I can just move on as I please and not have to up to something that will depreciate over time anyway. Mm -hmm. And everything else goes to investing in my business. And if I want to treat myself to something, I have the apple, ample opportunity to do so. But I don't look at a number and equate my value to that number because I'm much more than any number could ever be in my bank account. So when I left my six-figure salary, um, folks were worried because they were like, you're going to, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. The first two months, I happened to land consulting coaching clients. And then I started making 30K a month, mm -hmm. which was double three times what I was making in corporate in my secure job. Sure. Then I, then I left that consultancy to continue to grow and expand, we all grow. And my salary went from six figures to like, I would say slightly above minimum wage. <laughs> and at first it was very uncomfortable, yeah. but then I was really excited to figure out how can I make this work for me? How can I expand from this point of view? And something my therapist said to me was super beautiful is, Vanessa, the fact that you are cash poor in a traditional sense, you have freedom. Because you have freedom to reinvent yourself. You are not constrained to people wanting something from you because you have money. You're not constrained from people asking you for things. If people want to be with you, it's because they truly just want to be in your essence and your energy and they don't want anything from you. Mm. Uh, and now, obviously, financially, things have improved. Things are better. But it really does start with here is this belief that I can always make money. Money is available to me. But if I'm going to look at things from a place of lack and if I'm going to look at things from my conditioning of how I was raised, but I'm always going to feel like I'm behind. I'm always going to feel like I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. And so I stopped looking at the gap between what I wanted, right? We have all these goals and we always focus on the absence of it, which is why people feel stuck mm -hmm. and have anxious thoughts. 
I just looked at, ooh, I still have the opportunity to get there. Yeah. Because I'm gonna fucking get there. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I love that. Like I, I love it's also just doubling down. It's like, I've always found a way to survive, right? I've always found a way to make it. Why would this be any different? You know, like, why, uh-huh. why would this situation be any different than any of the other ones that I've experienced in my life? And, and I, I, I always remind myself of, of, of that for sure. And I also, I think this leads perfectly into the conversation of authenticity, right? Because that's what you're speaking about is being unafraid to show up authentically and even if it doesn't meet certain people's standards or certain societal norms, like you're, you're finding a way to be okay with that. And I think for me, you know, that's been the, the hardest journey, but the most fulfilling journey is finding the, the confidence to just show up every day and, and be authentic. And, and, you know, for me, leaving a high profile job and then, you know, uh, not being in a trendy area, living in a trendy area, all of that. And then particularly as a man where our, our value is placed upon the attention of the opposite sex, right? Then you're wondering, am I going to still be able to attract women? Are they going to be, uh, you know, not impressed with my car that I drive or my job or my apartment, right. whatever it is, right? And f- forcing yourself to get past all of that and like just digest all of that information and unlearn the identity that you're creating based upon money or job or status, you know? And and just getting to a place of like, it is what it is. I'm I'm good as long as I'm happy. Like I genuinely am more at peace and fulfilled in my life right now. And I'm not necessarily living like the high profile life that I was living at one point, but I've also now attracted all of the right people, all of the right things into my life. Right. And and anybody else, what I'm noticing is even people in that old world, you know, working in media in front of the camera and all these things. They're now kind of coming to me and poking around a little bit and asking questions, you know, because they're what seeing you do it? What's your secret? Yeah, exactly. Like that, because again, it's like, it's just a simple thing. Do what you feel, what you like, and just be unashamed about that. But again, it's like society trains us into all these other things are supposed to come before that idea, which is, you know, obviously so ass backwards. Uh, and that's freedom. What yeah. you, you've described is freedom is you are at peace with the thoughts that are in your head when you lay your head down Mm -hmm. at night, right? Most, the majority of the population are not. Externally, they look like they have it together, especially Mm -hmm. on Instagram, right? We only curate 1% of our life so that it looks good to other people. And so I just strive to be real, not perfect. Mm -hmm. And that's where authenticity lives, is that I just strive to be myself so that I can be happy for myself. My feed is for me. It's not Mm -hmm. for anybody else. Sure. The way I dress is for me. When I decided to be incredibly judicious about my time and energy, about how I moved and who I moved with and the the folks and environments that I want to be in, it removes everything and anyone that has no business being there that was just attaching onto you because of what they thought they could get from you or where they Mm. thought they presented to you. Yeah. I just want folks around me who just see me for who I am, which is just, we're all in this human experience together. Mm-hmm. We just all came in very different outfits externally, right? Mm-hmm. Different colors, tones, backgrounds, etc. We all just want the same thing, belonging, understanding, love, mm-hmm. peace of mind. Yeah. But we confuse ourselves with everything that we are taught to believe that we need is exactly like you said. I, I worked in media as well, you know, doing on-camera, off-camera work. Mm-hmm. For women, it's like, you need to look a certain way. You need to be a certain way. With men, y'all are also raised to feel like y'all need to be the only providers. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're so into your masculinity that it's like, as human beings, we both have our masculine, our feminine energy. And we usually skew one way or the other because that's a survival tactic, because sure. that's what I told us to do. 
But when you're truly an essence of who you are, absent of all those expectations, all those societal norms, mm-hmm. you are just a human being that has a beautiful aura and an essence. And the outfit that you wear will not take away from it. The house that you live in, the apartment, the car that you drive, does not take away from the beautifulness that is you as a human being. And then you can really attract the people that are meant for you. And that is fucking freedom. Yeah, no, 100%. And then when you do, like, it's like living for the first time, right? Like you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you've, you've had this experience since like your previous marriage where like you went through the motions of what you thought was love or what it was supposed to be. And then realizing that it's not that. And then when you actually meet somebody who shows you what it really is that you're like, fuck, like, I can't believe I ever thought about settling for anything less than this. Right. Right. It, it's right. wild. It, it's like literally like your eyes are open for the first time ever. But that's because you're also healing. When mm. you heal, you stop settling. Mm. You, know, you increase your vibrational awareness and things start to look different, right? Mm-hmm. So I now look at certain situations, people in places that, used to, that I used to spend my time in and I'm like, yo, that is wild. That's how I spend my time. Right. Like, that's how I spend my time. Like, I wish I had an older sibling. I wish that I had folks around me giving me better advice. But again, I was the first born in this country, the only one who knew English. It was my job to get everyone their papers, their citizenships, mm-hmm. raising my siblings and my cousins. And so my 20s, I thought that it was like, oh, I'm just going to spend money. I was going to go to the club. Mm-hmm. I'm buying outfits. I cannot tell you how any of those experiences financially that I made mm-hmm. attributed other to the fact that now I know better. But I never think back and I'm like, damn, I missed out on that club. Damn, I missed out on that bottle service. Damn, I missed out on that happy hour. Yeah. No. And like, and to think that I spend my money that way and yeah. I, don't, I don't miss a pair of shoes that I no longer have, mm-hmm. but we put so much value on things because we're so afraid to deal with what the fuck is happening inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now for me, value and freedom is how do I feel every day? And when I wake up, the first thing I do is I hug myself. So mm-hmm. human beings, first of all, we need eight hugs a day. Do another one for good measure. <laughs> um, we need eight hugs a day, and we don't even get that. I, yeah. How many times? How many hugs have you received so far? You're in have, the East. Yeah, it no. is three hours ahead of me. Yeah, I know. I have not received one hug uh, today not yet. Yeah. So hug yourself. Like I'm, I'm like, serious. You gotta give myself a little, yourself, a little hug. Give there. yourself a little hug, and that doesn't <laughs> take away from your manhood. That doesn't take away yeah. from your masculinity. That doesn't take away from anything that we again have been everyone else's like opinions and thoughts and yeah. expectations are in our hard drive. Like it's really on us to control our, our minds. Mm-hmm. But so many of us walk around with our minds controlling us. We're just not aware of it. So yeah. that's why I that the soul goes to the mind when it doesn't want to deal with the heart, when you're really connected with your heart and how you feel. And sometimes those feelings are uncomfortable. So like listen to that. And so many folks are not living authentic lives because they're trying to be something for everybody. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think, I I think I'm fascinated by identity, right. And Mm -hmm. what we like portray as who we think we are, you know, and, um, and like I've now I'm, I'm, actively setting up obstacles to make sure that I'm like truly showing up as who I am or if I'm meeting somebody that it's based upon me as myself and not anything else and I'm not um trying to use anything to like puff myself up you know like to to create that that's character if you will but right. it it takes a lot of unlearning because again that's what we're taught right you are the job that your parents can brag to their friends about, you know what I mean? Uh, if you're on a first date, one of the first questions is, you know, what do you do for a living? Tell me about, you know, your job, all these different things, right? That are sure, like a part of your 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 life, but they're not the the actual essence of getting to know somebody. You know what I mean? Like, 
that that's not gonna gonna really move the needle in terms of truly getting to know a human being. And and you know, I think with all of that we begin to show up less and less authentically because we're taught that that's kind of how what we should be leading with. So I'm I'm curious in a, in a practical sense, I know you do coaching and things like that. You know, somebody who is maybe having that come to Jesus moment, they're in the club at the bottle service or they're wearing the designer clothes and they're just kind of like, why the fuck am I still doing this? You know, uh, what are, are kind of the first practical steps to start getting back in touch with your core and your, your authenticity and, and then knowing how to show up in the world in that way? So I, I have this grid that I, I've shared with friends and family that I even share with our We All Grow community, that it's a grid on who are you with in different environments with different people. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, you really are someone, if you're someone that's not authentic to yourself, you end up being someone really, really different, right? You're somebody different at work. Mm-hmm. You're someone different as a leader. You're someone different as a partner, as a, as a child, as a friend, as a media personality, as like all these little things. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about that, it's like, why am I trying to be something, a piece of something for everybody as opposed to just a whole self for what I was put on this earth to be? Mm. And for me, like personally, I don't drink alcohol. Alcohol really does nothing for me. Mm-hmm. When you think of the term spirits is because it kills your spirit. I can mm-hmm. never think of anybody that loves a hangover. Mm-hmm. I can never think of anybody that's like, yes, alcohol feeds my soul. And it really does something mm-hmm. positive for me. We are taught to believe that alcohol is a good thing. So sure. personally, I just choose not to engage in alcohol because it really has never done anything positive for me other than put me in situations that were really um, detrimental to my physical and emotional well-being, especially as a woman being mm-hmm. in certain environments. Mm-hmm. And I started to figure out that whenever I didn't feel good, I would go to my journal and I started writing about it. Mm-hmm. And I would ask myself, like I became my own case study. Why do I not feel good? What is it that didn't make me feel good? And I started this practice even before I started therapy, just one, I personally love to write. And sometimes I feel like, and that was old me where you feel like no one understands you and people mm-hmm. are going to speak. And so I went to my journal. Yeah. And so my journal was like my secret safe space yeah. because I was just like afraid of people thinking that I was being weird or too in my head or too mm-hmm. philosophical or whatever the fuck. Yeah. In sitting there and staring at the thoughts and the words that were coming and being put on paper, I realized, oh my God, I'm living a life just so that I could fit in, just so that people can feel comfortable, just so that people can get their way. But mm-hmm. if I really strip all that back and I think about what is it that I want to do, I didn't want to do any of those things. I really could care less about being at a bar and being in a club and mm-hmm. hanging out till mid. I'm I'm I love the fact that I go to bed at 9 30 and I wake up at 5 a.m. in mm-hmm. the morning. And I have a beautiful morning routine and I tend to myself and I nourish myself and I do things that feel good. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel good, I stop doing that. But Many of my 20s and my early 30s, I ignored that because I was like, oh, you're, you, you're weak. You got to hustle. You got to push through. Yeah. You get that next job. Go get the next title. You have to grind. And it's like, that's not life. Mm-hmm. We, I want to thrive with ease. Actually, that's the theme of our weekend fast this year at mm-hmm. uh, We All Grow is thriving with ease. You can achieve a lot more without having to do the most, right? Mm-hmm. If something isn't working, it doesn't mean do it harder. It probably means take a step back and allow for that space for openness to reveal itself. But we are very uncomfortable with taking a step back because we feel like we're going backwards. Mm -hmm. But the way that I can put that into an analogy is if you think of of a bow and arrow, for it to propel forward, you have to pull it back. Mm -hmm. And we're so unafraid to just give ourselves those moments of let me take a step back to survey the situation and figure out what actually works for me. So a lot of my practice started with journaling. 
for myself, just as a way to like, I need to put something on papers because I know the paper was not going to judge me. Like I knew that controlled environment was not going to judge the thoughts and the ways that I was feeling. And then I really turned to a lot of books, a lot of, uh, a lot of folks that have really opened up my eyes and perspective to the fact that it's world is, is, this is a cycle. And so many of us get stuck on these hamster wheels and I chose not to do that. And I'm comfortable with that with I'm comfortable with not having to fit into a box. I'm comfortable with not having to have an identity when, oh my God, I can't stand people. It's like, what do you do? Why the fuck are you asking me that? Like, <laughs> that, how is that even the first question that you ask? Like, yeah. you're clearly not trying to get to know me. You're trying to get to understand what I could do for you. Right. Um, I'm also very wary of that. And so I don't put myself in those situations. Obviously, because of the nature of the work that I do, being a community builder, a lot of what we do is also not. But I mm-hmm. found myself that when you go into things with positive intention and you really put goodness out there, you do get that in return. You are a mirror to what mm. life is reflecting to you. You are a mirror to your thoughts. Mm. Um, and now it's like, oh my God, I loved your TikTok or I love that you talked about this. And yesterday I went to an event and we talked about stepping into our femininity. Mm. We talked about how random things make us cry. And I'm like, that is the kind of conversation that really leads to opening up experiences. Yeah. Me telling you what I do is so you could start analyzing whether or not you want me in your environment. And that is not a game that I'm willing to play, right? Yeah. I set the rules of my life and um, I'm not about to go play your Monopoly game. <laughs> so journaling was really effective for me, reading certain books. So I read a lot of Michael Singer, mm-hmm. The Surrender Experiment, yep. The Untested Soul. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, a lot of folks love controlling because it's, it's a false sense of security mm. and fully surrendering to life especially you, like what you're doing right now, like you are surrendering, you are actively surrendering by doing and living the way that you are living. And Mm. I am as well. And that is scary, but it's fucking freedom because then you have so much more knowledge and awareness and perspective that the rest of the population don't. And then when you take a step back and you can actually survey the situation, you realize like, yo, life is wild because everyone else is like following a specific role, trying Mm -hmm. to fit in somewhere. And then you have a few outliers and those are the folks that are really going to create change. And that's why folks that are doing that kind of work need to be protected at all costs because mm-hmm. the world more of that. So a lot of books really helped me. Um, and I just really wanted to seek books that were going to nourish me and give me positive influences mm-hmm. to help rewire the negative thoughts that were in my head. Yeah, I, 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 I agree completely. The Surrender Experiment is incredible. I love uh, loved that book. All right, so I think we're going to take one more quick break and then we'll, we'll finish out our conversation with Vanessa. Uh, But first, let's uh, take that quick break and then we'll be right back. When you buy a new house, you might say, shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously, shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. The local State Farm agent is there to help you choose the coverage you need. Welcome to my crib. (laughs) No one says that anymore, but I don't care. So just remember... Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. 
the all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. All right, we are back. And lastly, I, I want to touch on in regards to all of this because, you know, you, you were kind of touching on it with the way the outside world sees you and, you know, you have to protect, you know, people who are the outliers like we're talking about, like we are. Um, how do you interact with the world, right? Because once you, you know, you can't put Pandora back in the box, right? And and obviously, <laughs> you know, when it comes to superficial relationships, it's easy to cut those things out and cut them out of your life. But those who are your family, your parents, I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, our, our community in general, which is somewhat closed-minded and old-fashioned, even to things like therapy. And then you're talking about all this wild shit, you know, of, of uh, finding yourself and, and, and otherworldly type of things, you know, how do you still maintain those relationships that are important to you with your close ones and your loved ones, even though they're not operating on the same wavelength as you? And, and how do you, I guess, maintain that mental strength to know that, you know, you're still on the right path, even if it's sort of combative to what others think? So for me personally, I choose my family. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose my parents, my tias, my tios, my abuelitas, my cousins the fulanitas, all the folks that feel like they have an opinion on my life, the peanut gallery. Yeah. I'm incredibly fortunate though that my, ever since I grew up, I just all have always done things just very left, like very differently. Sure. I just always had this inner knowing that I feel like I'm going to do so much more and I need to get out of here or I need to do something different. So my family became accustomed to me just doing what I wanted anyway mm -hmm. and became very comfortable with the fact that I'm just not going to do what they do. Right. I, I don't go to church. They, I was raised Catholic. I just not, it's not for me. That's not my religion. Um, my parents, even though they're divorced, they are still very supportive, but I also have to be comfortable with the fact that they don't have to understand because mm. one day they're all going to be dead. Mm. And then I'm going to look back and be like, I live my life to please them and they're dead. It doesn't yeah. matter. Then who the fuck am I? And so that's yeah. why people also have so many struggles when a loved one passes because they attach a lot of their identity to that person being alive. And then when that person is gone, it's like, wait, what am I supposed to do? Who am I now? Mm -hmm. um, I'm also very fortunate that my abuelita, as traditional as she is for a Latina abuelita, I respect her and I see her, but I'm not going to allow her projections to impact my heart space. I'm not mm. going to change who I am, how I am, who I choose to love, what I choose to create, how I choose to create it where I choose to live, what I choose to do for the sake so that folks in my family can be like, oh, good job, Miha. Yeah. Because they really love you. They're going to say good job anyway. And right. I know it's hard when it comes to friends and family, 
but we have to be comfortable with choosing our family. Mm-hmm. We have to be comfortable with choosing the folks that are really good for us and nourishing for us. And so mm-hmm. there were moments where I barely ever spoke to my father. There were moments where I really didn't speak to my mother because I felt like I wasn't being properly protected and allowed for a lot of external abuse to happen when I was a child. Mm-hmm. But I also forgave them for it because I understood that if you love someone, they didn't want harm on me. It's mm-hmm. just the world and the environment that we live in and there's bad people and hurt people do hurt other folks. Mm-hmm. And I was a symptom of that too, right? There were moments where I, as a hurt individual, hurt other folks without wanting to. Mm-hmm. and But that's part of the lesson. And I just choose my energy and my time wisely. I do have a family chat, a WhatsApp chat that has 36 members of my family. Wow. <laughs> um, and we speak every single morning, but I'm in that chat to be supportive, but I don't have to engage. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. Yeah. I'm the eldest of seven. Luckily, me and my siblings all love each other. and We get along. We've had our moments. But I'm not going to let their any disagreements affect the fact that I look at the world like rainbows, mm. right? Every I'm in LA this week and everyone's been complaining that it's so cloudy. And I'm like, why are you complaining over something you can't control? Mm-hmm. Why are you trying to change somebody's point of view and somebody's mind? As long as you're good with you, why are you trying to change someone else's mind? Right. Like that's you trying to control your environment. Then you're not actually surrendering to the flow of life. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for family, especially, you know, I have a lot of, queer friends, LGBTQIA identifying. And I know that's really difficult in the Latino, Latina environment. Um, and my advice would always just be, and it goes back to if it feels good to you, if it feels good to you and you're not getting the support you need from your loved ones, go where there is love. Mm. Go where you can choose your family and mm. choose your circle. Because eventually, and now you have seen this to be true, when you're living your life authentically, you're going to naturally, people are going to naturally gravitate to you and want to yeah. know what like, what is your sauce? Like, what are you, what's your water like? Like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. Because you're just so comfortable in your own skin and your own being. Yeah. You're comfortable being you, regardless of whether your aunts and uncles and the chismosas in your family mm-hmm. like it or not. Right. I just personally, I've never given two fucks yeah. about what they think um, because I spent so much time caring about what they think. And it led me into relationships that were not good for me. Mm-hmm. It led me into having jobs that were deteriorating my mental health for the sake so that I could make my family proud. Mm. I would make my family proud by making myself proud. Mm. So make yourself proud first because then those that matter, the real ones will be proud of you. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, that's beautifully, beautifully said. Now I know uh, I want to be respectful of your time. So I want to kind of just end on talking a bit about we all grow Latina, right? This amazing community that you've been, been building and this brand um, and, even as a man, I know it's not that like necessarily targeted at me. I've been following you guys for a while and just like, appreciate that. So I I'm a fan of, of what you do, but anybody who might not be familiar, I mean, kind of what is the the kind of purpose of, of what you guys are doing and the community that you're building and, and, and all that? So my my business partner, Anna Flores, is the founder of Wheel Grow and she founded the company. We're now 13 years old. Mm wild. Um, and the purpose and mission is to elevate the stories and voices of Latinas, is to build our collective socioeconomic power, is to truly understand that with collaboration and in community, we can actually grow. Mm. Our pillars are heal, commune, and grow because we understand that you have to heal yourself. You have to nurture the innermost self for you to be able to also be open to community and accepting help, right? Mm. When we are go-getters, when we are determined, it's very uncomfortable to receive help. I'm now in the season of abundance and giving. So if somebody wants to do something for me, buy me something, I say yes, <laughs> right? Instead of like, 
oh, no, 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 it's okay. No, no I'm now saying yes, mm-hmm. because I have to practice what I preach and invite our community to understand that receiving help is not a sign of weakness. Mm. And then through that, you can actually grow. And so as a community, we help water the seeds that we've all been planting so that we can be the cycle breakers, legacy creators. And it's just, it's so beautiful because we have 23,000 community members in our Amiga hood. Mm-hmm. So we, we're, we're an Amiga hood, right? You are safe here. You belong. However you identify, we are by Latinas for all. And the way that we really show up and represent is that if one grows, we all grow, right? Mm-hmm. There's no competition here. Competition is a good thing because it allows you to see what it is that you want. Mm-hmm. Just like I tell people, like if you're ever jealous, you're not really jealous about the person. It's just that they're doing something that you wish you could do. And so that's an indicator on where you should be moving your energy so that you can do those things. Mm. Um, and this is just a very beautiful, safe, collective space for us to meet virtually. We have a lot of in real life um, opportunities and events. We have digital experiences and events. I hold office hours every single Tuesday at 11 p.m. Pacific where the community can come and join and just get advice, get support from the community so we can continue to uplift each other and create the kind of world that we all desire to live in that's full of harmony, that's full of support, respect, admiration and love so that we can actually all grow and be what we are destined to be. And that doesn't mean have all the money in the bank, although I want us all to be wealthy. But again, wealthy doesn't necessarily mean money. Wealthy can mean choosing your time and freedom, having peace of mind and being in an environment and ecosystem that is conducive to your growth. Mm. Yeah. And that's what we do. (laughs) It's beautiful work. I think it's, it's just a testament to, you know, I think you can have both, right? You can have work that you're passionate about that pays your bills, but it's also putting good out there into the world. And I, I love those kinds of. Very blessed to have that. I just got yeah. chills when I said that. Like <laughs> I, uh, that acknowledgement. I'm like, yeah, you, I do have that, but yeah. it took a lot of unlearning. Like mm-hmm. you said, it took a lot of shedding of layers yeah. to a place where I'm comfortable with it. Because once you're comfortable and at peace with yourself, it's like the world will open up to you. And then the things that are meant for you will be there. Mm, I think that's a, a beautiful way to, to end it. Vanessa, I appreciate you and, and your time. I really uh, love this conversation. Hopefully we'll uh, get to collaborate. Raymond, I did online. too. This is the beautiful way to start the day. I love this conversation and energy. Uh, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you so much. And uh, go check out We All Grow Latina. What are, what are your socials that uh, you can push people to check out all that you're doing? Instagram and TikTok at weallgrowlatina.com. We're a lot funnier on TikTok, so definitely go there as well. <laughs> Our website is weallgrowlatina.com. And if you are looking for a place to commune in community and heal yourself and be with other like-minded amigas, then I suggest you come to our weekend fest happening October 21st and 22nd in Los Angeles. And you can check that out at weallgrowlatina.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Vanessa. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Man, big shout out to my guest this week, Vanessa Santos, for hopping on the show, I don't know about you, but after that conversation, I feel incredibly energized and just, I don't want to run through a fucking wall right now uh, towards my my dreams. I'm sorry for being so aggressive with the picture that I painted. But yeah, I, I just think conversations like this one are obviously inspirational, but I think it, it's ones that you got to constantly kind of have with people in your life or um, listening to books or podcasts just to kind of keep reminding yourself of, of, of self-awareness and to make sure you're not falling into the trap of limiting beliefs and that you are um, energizing yourself and, and, and you know, trying to find a way to get the inspiration and motivation to push past uh, whatever you feel like is, is holding you back towards the, the life that you really want. Now, no asking, getting go for today's show. I just want to kind of do one long hit this segment, let this whole thing sink in. 
But let's uh, tie everything we talked about today in a neat little bow in a segment we call Conclusion Stew. But first, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. When something happens to your car, you might say, No! My car! But what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Time for conclusions. So this is one of those conversations where I feel like I don't even know how to properly recap it because we got into so many different things. I think listening to Vanessa's story, it's obviously impressive what she has built with We All Grow Latina and, and financially and things like that. But when I hear her talking about leaving a marriage that she was unhappy in, leaving a career where she was successful but unhappy in, you know, I think both of those things by themselves are feats to to be sort of admired right and especially thinking about all the people in her life who told her she was crazy for doing those things but uh time and time again i think bet on herself the time and time again recognize the value of her own happiness and and settling for nothing less than that i i just think it's i don't know it's obviously inspiring but i i just think it's how we should all be living our lives. And I'm not saying we should be going out and making gigantic decisions recklessly and all these different things and, and sort of uprooting our, our lives, you know, just for the sake of, of, of change. But I think it is up to us to hold ourselves accountable to make sure that we're, we're living a life that's worthy of us at the end of the day, right? And that's not always easy. That's not always pretty, right? Sometimes there are going to be, you know, sort of uh, depending on the situation, you know, there's going to be 
some casualties in the process of that, right? I mean, you look at her marriage, and I'm sure, you know, that process at the time broke that man's heart, you know, who who loved her and, and she didn't feel the same way. But what's the alternative, right? That's something I always ask myself in in situations where I'm I'm having trouble making a decision or pulling the trigger or or having the tough conversation that I know is necessary in order for me to move on, I ask myself, what's the alternative, right? And for her, the alternative was a unfulfilled life with someone that she loved but wasn't in love with, right? And that she knew something was missing. And a career that was working her to the bone that, yeah, she was making money, but she wasn't fulfilled in what she was doing and physically it was destroying her. That's the alternative to not making the decision that she made, right? By both, you know, accounts, leading a life that is incredibly unfulfilling and burdensome. So I, I think it's important to keep that in mind if you're wrestling or struggling with making some sort of decision. It's asking yourself, what is the alternative? What is the life that I'm setting myself up for if I don't go and make this change or this big decision? And again, Sadly, sometimes there will be kind of casualties. You know, there will be uh, shrapnel as a result of the decision that you make. But our lives are too valuable and too short to not prioritize ourselves at the end of the day, right? That's just kind of the way it is. And 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 listen, in the moment again, if we go back to like her marriage, sure, I'm I'm, I'm sure her ex husband was was hurting during that time, but at the end of the day his life is going to be better because he got a real chance at finding somebody who genuinely will love him and genuinely love being married to him, right? And that's unfair to him to be in a position to, to be with somebody who is kind of blase about him and their marriage, right? So I think in the long run, it does inevitably work out for everyone or for your job that maybe they replace you with somebody who's genuinely passionate about that position, right? And it works out for them in the long run. I think these are all things, you know, that can help kind of soften the blow if you're thinking about taking um, a big, big risk or making a big change that does affect other people in your lives. Um, you know, again, I think at the, at the end of the day, in the long run, everybody is going to be better for it by everybody being in a position that they actually want to be in, right? And I, I just think, so much of what we do or don't do is just based upon the mindset that we do or don't develop, right? And I love how we talk about the idea that it's daily work to push past all the negative things that pop up in your head, all the limiting beliefs, you know, um, understanding that this will continue for the rest of our lives. You know, if, if we really want growth and the life that we've dreamed about, we're going to constantly have to keep giving ourselves pep talks. We're going to constantly keep having to surround ourselves with people who motivate and inspire us um, just as a means to push past the, the negative thoughts and negative beliefs that pop up in our mind as a result of, you know, years and years of, of trauma or experiences that, that plant those ideas in our mind. And I think, you know, even for me, this kind of hitting close to home with how I was setting goals, you know, as of late, I, I think, It's understanding 
that everything you want is on the other side of you just deciding, right? And you just choosing to make a move. And you being able to block out the noise and the negativity. Like everything starts there. And things are only impossible if you believe them to be impossible. As corny as that sounds, right? We don't achieve things. Or I should say we don't not achieve things. Because we aren't good enough. Or it wasn't meant to be. It's because we decide to stop trying or stop believing. And that's not to say that every single goal is going to be accomplished exactly the way that you thought it would, right? Sometimes life leads you towards something else. And that's why the goal itself is, is sort of, you know, the, the sort of backstory to all this, but it's not at the forefront, you know? The, the idea is the, the goal sets you out in motion towards chasing your fulfillment and happiness. And that, can most definitely be achieved as long as you have the right mindset. And that's what I keep trying to drive home with a lot of these conversations and and even to myself, you know, reminding myself that if I feel like something's missing, all I have to do is make a decision to to go and figure that out and eventually I'll get there. It won't necessarily look exactly as I planned it, you know, to, but I'll get there. And then I'm going to have to recalibrate at some other point in life and I'll get there again. But it's just knowing that you have the power to do so and, and having that mindset, that belief in yourself and, and the ability to sort of just block out all of the bullshit. So I hope that that, that was inspiring for y'all. I hope that kind of my own digestion of it makes makes sense for y'all. I love having conversations like this one. I'm I'm really excited to be bringing some of the conversations that we've had this season thus far i think they've been some of the best ones um that we've had on on the show uh since since we started so i'm really excited about that and that's it man uh just be.nyc my wellness brand we just dropped a bunch of merch i'm really excited we're doing the uh part two of our uh, mastermind the just be social club so we're launching our second group you want to be a part of it, Brenda at mindofayounglord.com. I'll put the email in the show notes. We are filling up that last group uh, we're trying to launch next month. And that's it. I'll catch you all on Thursday for our Thursday Trends episode. So then stay safe. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Life as a Gringo is a production of the Michael Tura Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. 20 
que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 